This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Hello and welcome to the Theology Gaming Podcast. My name is Zachary Oliver, the owner and proprietor and dictator of the Theology Gaming blog. With me today are three special guests. I'm Joshua Caller. Who's the person in the middle? Oh, uh, yeah, go. Go next, Mr. Person in the Middle. Ted? I don't... Oh, hi, my name is Ted Loring! (laughs) (laughs) And last but not least... This is Jonathan R. Clausen coming to you live from Orlando, Florida. And your brilliantly clear microphone is (laughs) scaring me. Yeah, it's you're just making the rest of us sound bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm say, sorry. I, it's not my intention. <laughs> make I my rock band Mike Two sound like crap. Hey, Zachary. At least it's rock band two. Hmm. I mean, rock band <laughs> one. That mic is dead. Oh yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna co-opt and and uh, relinquish Mr. Oliver's dictatorship for a few seconds. No, and uh, no. no, you'll be you'll be all right. You'll be all right, Supreme Leader. <laughs> the the actual next thing, uh, that, the first thing of of uh, our many things that we wanted to do today, uh, I really don't know, uh, is qu- the, the the question of the week is what does the word gamer mean to you, and do you love it or hate it, or are you indifferent? Yeah. Oh, just for some context, I wrote a blog about this. And then, like, everybody either got mad at me or agreed with me. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's actually kind of a, a strangely divisive subject. Yeah. There's been a lot of different people who have a lot of different opinions for, um, uh, interestingly, the exact same, uh, like, the the next day, or maybe it was the same day, Ben Kuchera wrote uh, a blog that was almost identical, basically just saying, like, this is not where I get my identity from. Um, yeah, this is the games are not the most important thing in my life. That's that's the good synopsis right there. Yeah, that's the money. Um and, and there, there was actually a couple of others that I think that were posting about, around the same subject. One of our own, uh, Mr. Excuse me, uh, Mr. Yen Wong, had uh, written a blog that was kind of contesting the idea, suggesting that, um, and I kind of wish he was on here because I don't want to um, butcher his case, but he basically said, you know, this, this could have a distancing effect where, where you are pushing, by not saying that you're a gamer, and why we should still use the term gamer is because it could have a distancing effect and sully our witness to the gaming community. But uh, so instead, in, in any case, there's there's been some diversity of opinions, and so since we already know where where Zach you're coming from because your post, what was yep. the title of it? Uh, being a quote unquote gamer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the quote unquote is is uh, tells a little bit of where you're coming from on that side of things. Um, do you want to elaborate a little bit on myself? Yeah, I mean, just like why why you, what what your case is on on why you're not why you're. Why not? You're a gamer. Uh, I had offhandedly wrote that like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Just on like, well, you know, I play video games, but like not in the same way that I think a lot of people think of the term gamer. So when I saw people kind of throwing this term around, I was like, I'm not sure if I am necessarily part of whatever group they're referring to. As a possible example, I haven't played any video games since about Sunday. So yeah. <laughs> I've just yeah. been not playing video games. I get into these strange phases where I just go, eh, video games are fun, but I need to like step away from them for a bit. And I don't really have any kind of inclinations. I just go wherever the wind takes me, <laughs> yeah. so to speak. So, and a lot of people are using this term, and they're using it as a term of primary identity. So yeah, yeah. that's that, where I have that's the the. the the core problem, especially for us as Christians. But Ted, what do you think about the term gamer and, and, and do you identify that way? 
Well, I, you know, it really doesn't matter to me, the use of the word or the not use of the word. I'm kind of glad there's a word in the vocabulary uh, that exists, but I'm not very passionate about whether I should be called a gamer or not a gamer. I mean, am I a person that plays games? Yes. Does that make me a gamer? I guess so. So it makes me wonder, is there a word in German or other languages where this is even an issue, or is this an English-only thing or do we need to change it so it's uh, more descriptive uh, you know there's always groups that don't want to be called certain things that they're called yeah uh, like sports teams and stuff like that it's in the news right now things like that but words ultimately they don't break my bones yeah <laughs> and sticks don't hurt me I forget what the, what's the way that goes Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Yeah, and I am rubber, you are glue. Whatever you say to me bounces yeah. off and sticks to you. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. ever heard that one? The, the only problem with that is that, um, according to the Bible, words cut deeper than swords. <laughs> well, bringing out the Proverbs. Oh, yeah. Man. So, yeah. Um, Citing Bible verses on a ugh. theology gaming podcast. I, I don't even know, guys. I don't I even know, know right? what's going well, on. Well, let me let me let me let me hijack you for just one second. And, yeah, that's and fine, there, Mr. M. Joshua. Call you could you call it a brain jack? I, I can Bring call some it a cyberpunk brain. into this. I, I was going to call it mind jack because I like the video game mind jack. Oh, okay, we, that, we, that, we can... that that works. Go ahead, mind jack. Mind <laughs> well, jack I just away. wanted to make sure we're all on the same page here because I had I had a very interesting discussion with a with a very with probably my one of my oldest friends yesterday who is going into Greek Orthodoxy ministry and he he uh, he messaged me yesterday and he said, "Hey, congratulate me! I'm an acolyte now." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> and, <laughs> Okay, congratulations. But the reason I say that is because I wanted to make sure we're all on the same page as to what we deter- what we feel the definition of Christian is, because some people have very different ideas about what that is. Um, and I just and I just wanted to just quickly quote Lewis, uh, and by Lewis I mean C.S. Lewis. Uh, he, what he says in Mere Christianity, he says we must therefore stick to the original obvious meaning, the name Christians was first given at Antioch in Acts 11.26 to the yes. disciples, to those who accepted the teaching of the apostles. I, d- I didn't know if we were in agreement with that statement or if we have something more we want to add to that. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, from, from where I'm coming from, you know, the, the term Christian t- specifically refers to anybody who identifies uh, with Jesus as, as their Lord. Or, or uh, I think a more accurate term for Christian, for me personally, and the part that I might diverge on, is that I think that Christian is a... Uh, a kind of a, a lofty title to take on for yourself because it's the the word technically to me means little Christ or or one one who is like Christ, um, and that's that's a little bit too uh, strong of a word for me to to, to take as like uh, hey guys I'm like Christ you know that that doesn't quite sit well with with me, um, but I do like the the sentiment that you know in Antioch the suggestion was that they. Uh, people saw them being uh, like Jesus in in some way be, or shape or form, and others saw that and recognized and said, "Hey, look at these little Christs." Um, whether or not that was meant to be derogatory or or affirming, I don't know. I, <clears throat> to me, the term Christian is someone who just is is pretty much what Lewis said: someone who subscribes to the teachings, someone who follows the teachings. That doesn't necessarily mean we'll always follow the teachings correctly. Just like my English teacher would be hor- horrified. By some of the verbiage I use in my writings, um, yeah, yeah, or what but, you just said, exactly, exactly. 
of verbiage. You got that. That was very intentional. Excellent. <laughs> so when when I write, I you know I have to be very careful about your grammar, and I always have I always have uh, I always have my English teacher sitting on my shoulder. Now, are you sure you wanted to use that preposition? Why did you start that sentence with four? You know, I may have a lot of English background. I could even call myself an English major, which I'm not. But that doesn't. The English majors write differently. They have different opinions, and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're they have different strengths. I think the same could be ascribed to Christians as well. <laughs> Some of us are going to be acolytes because I asked him. I we my, my friend I mentioned Can you earlier. I, what I, an acolyte I, is because I, I I've heard that term, but only used in video games. Lighten them candles. <laughs> <laughs> a modern interpret. I guess the modern version of acolyte is like if you ever seen a uh, a, a liturgical oh, service, and by liturgical yeah. I mean very very. I don't want to say the word scripted because that makes it sound like a show, but a very orderly service. Yeah, it yeah. usually means there's robes, incense, people coming down the hall holding a uh, veneration. They they kiss the picture of Jesus. They kiss the picture of the Virgin Mary, so on and so forth. It's, it's, and... Yeah, it's it started with Catholicism, but it then went, it but Episcopalians use them, Methodists do, uh, and it, mainly for him, it's Greek Orthodoxy. And theologically, we're both we're we're on the same page a lot in a lot of the ways. We just yeah yeah yeah. I lead a worship team on Sunday mornings. He he puts on a, a, a funky robe and a cross and and stands yeah. on a, stands on a stage with tons of other guys in robes. Yeah. And hopefully, crosses. it's not too funky because yeah. you know that could yeah. be a problem. One thing we're missing in Protestantism <laughs> is like cool costumes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm just saying, right? I don't know. There's something to be said for awesome yeah. uniforms. I mean, and robes my my, and stuff. my church is is 11 people meet in a in a house and we eat food and sit on the floor and talk. So. It's, it, it definitely could could use a little bit a little bit more liturgy. <laughs> well, you know, in in some respect, though, that's a very not not to go down the rabbit hole any further, but sure, that, sure. that's that's more of an accurate representation of what the early church was: people meeting in houses. Right, right. Um, and and I mean, and that's, it, there's just a, a diversity in there, and there's there's good and bad, and you know, we could I think we could argue on what what you know the the, the quantitative value of each of those things, but um, bringing it back to the source of identity. Um, on on the term Christian and the reason why um, the 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 term gamer is sometimes uh, a problem for for me personally is because that again it comes back to what Zachary said about source it's it comes about is am I getting my identity and I I don't want to get my identity from being a Christian I'd rather get my identity from being a son um, I'd rather get my identity from my my direct relationship to God as opposed to uh, any uh, tribe. If that makes sense, like mm-hmm. I'd rather I, I want my identity to come from my relationship, not from my uh, identity to come from uh, the perception of what I do. Because if I if I start taking my identity from games, that just takes my uh, my my uh, probably potentially overloved hobby to a new a new depth and degree where um, suddenly I'm not able to gain uh, and to gain life or or to to really engage with things that are not games. Um, and that, that's that's not good at all. I need to be able to like we need to be able to engage with uh, everything and, and and learn from lots of things, not just games. Yeah, and I think that's where the sticking point was for me. Is like I like a lot of things, so to call yeah. me a gamer in exclusion to everything else, right? Because saying a gamer, I guess, on Wikipedia means to be somebody who primarily plays video games, or yeah, that's their main hobby, right? And well. I just happen to do a lot of stuff. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it comes back to this term hardcore gamer, which tends to be a little bit more of a thing. When I I self-identified as a hardcore gamer as a teenager, um, it was a lot different from what I think that 
people think of as hardcore gamers today. Yeah, whereas, it's like a huge difference. It's changed over time. And it's, cha- and it's, it's just m- mutated due to the, the nature of the internet and to uh, cloistered uh, abbeys of, of uh, internet f- uh, video game fandom, whereas, you know, like, you have the people who have min-maxed every Fallout game from the original, and they think that they're the true hardcore of the hardcore gamers, and then you have the people who... Um, well, you know, only if you've played every game out there can you be considered a hardcore gamer. And and anybody who is is a girl is obviously suspect. And and that comes up. And this is, it's gross. It's just like there's there's uh, a lot of people who are in this this cloistered uh, mindset that this is this is who I am. This is who I've been. And anybody who tries to to bring uh, casual gaming or Gone Home or any game that has a lesbian character in it, suddenly the uh, our our uh, our kingdom is under attack by the outsiders or something, and 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 there's all the like weird shamey things that these people will do, and and to the point that we have these crazy stories that pop up and and become our uh, our video game tabloids, uh, and it, it's just it's just weird and gross. I don't. I don't really have much to add to that. I think he. I think he hits the nail on the head pretty well. No, you can't agree. This is a podcast. <sighs> yeah, you have to. You have to. This is supposed to be a debate. You're supposed to actually come after me. Come after me, bro. I think that's. I think that's what the kids are saying these days. Oh gosh, it's been years since debate class. Please, here's here's my take on it. It's it's yeah. slightly different, but in principle, it's the same. We are what I mean. We worship what we sacrifice for. And yeah, yeah. we derive our identities from what we worship. That can be a spouse. It can be the physical Bible itself. It could be church. Yeah. It could be, and when I say church, I mean the obsession with classes, being there with the doors open every, every time. And it, every it becomes day. so much of an idol to it's unto itself. Yeah. Yeah. It could be a car. It could be a video game collection. It could be anything. Yeah. I don't know if, you've, I don't know if any of you guys have ever read the book by Tim Keller, uh, Counterfeit Gods. I've only read uh, Reason for God, but I really like Tim Keller. Yeah, he he had, and I won't go into detail, but basically he, he posits, and quite correctly, I think, that whatever we sacrifice for, and by sacrifice time, money, relationships, things of that nature, whatever we sacrifice for is what we worship. And I'm not saying worship like we, we, we stand and, and sing, oh, how great is our car in our driveway. <laughs> Because most people equate the word worship with what people do on a Sunday morning yeah, yeah. or a Saturday morning if you're a Seventh-day Adventist. And or, 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 or my church. We, we started going on Saturdays not because we're, we're Seventh-day Adventists but because it just works better. <laughs> hey, it works for me, dude. But as long as it's a day during the week, we're, but that's, an, that, that's a rabbit hole. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> the, the point is, is that for people who sacrifice for games, I mean they bankrupt themselves. They're there for every midnight launch. And they'll find ways to justify it. I was extremely guilty of this years ago because I would take almost every dollar I earned and I would, I would pour it right into purchasing uh, a game. Yeah. My collection sits about 800 games. It's not yeah. Guinness Book of World Records, but it's... No, but that's, that's, that's pretty robust. I mean, my, my Steam library starts to look like that, but... Um, well, I buy not, retail. Not, not nearly, not quite that bad, Eight, but yeah, so no, that's... that's I buy retail and I buy console. I don't do PC gaming. Not because I don't like it. 
everyone who's a PC gamer just turned off the podcast. Like, you suck! <laughs> so that's no, I don't do it because physical. I sit, my PC, the, the computer I would use for PC gaming would also be my work computer, which yeah. is at my house because I work from home. Yeah. And I don't want to sit at the same computer that I've been sitting at in this small spare bedroom for another three hours while I yeah, play. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. So I go upstairs to the man cave, I turn on the TV, and I turn on some Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare, and I blast some aliens. Yeah, that sounds fun. Or zombies, rather. Yeah. Uh, do you, is that, does that game have split-screen co-op, by the way? Oh, is, and is that what you're playing recently, most recently? Yes. I, okay, okay. Came out- I'm, I'm going to use my, my executive lord powers <laughs> of the, of the, that, that I'm sucking off of Zachary's brain right now. And I'm going to say, we're suddenly turning the show into, hey, what are you playing? And, and so you just brought up Garden Warfare, and my, I want to hear more about it. But I also want to know, does it have local co-op? It does for specific modes. Uh, there are there's two there's two very okay. So I've been playing it a lot on the Xbox One, but I uh, but my wife plays it on the 360. Okay. And, and remember what I said about sacrificing in idols. This is this is one of my weakness. When my wife is on the 360, boring tech head note here. On the 360, <laughs> each account has to have its own gold subscription, right? So. But, so I'm, I didn't want to pay another 50 bucks a year just for my wife to play one game on the 360. Yeah. I couldn't justify it. No. So I, she played under my account. I thought she just played for you know, a couple of days. She's almost maxed out every single character and earned every single achievement, and she plays it almost every night ever since it came out. Oh, wow. So I can't... Oh, yeah, I'm married does she to... Like sh- and, and does she like shooters? Well, can, you should probably explain what the game is for those of us who... Aren't super okay, Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare is a third-person shooter, multiplayer what? only, built oh. on the Frostbite <laughs> 3 engine, and uh, it is probably the best shooter of the year. You play as one of... it's. it's uh, I can't remember if it's... Oh, six, it's um, like Team Fortress 2, except with plants and zombies. Yes, it's very colorful. It's There's no melee, there's no grenades, not, not typical grenades, because, I mean, you're not exactly... I mean, yeah, your plant life. If you've ever played the 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 the, the uh, tap tower defense game version, the zombies have four variants and the plants have four variants. The plants have the pea shooter, the cactus, the um, the chomper, and uh, the the sunflower. X is yeah. kind of the medic. The pea shooter is your basic grunt. The chomper is your straight up melee guy. He'll eat, go up and eat and swallow the zombies, and and so on and so forth. They all have hysterical animations that on whatever platform you get it on, it just looks absolutely gorgeous. And it's just, I mean, it is just a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And I've been playing with chat on, on both platforms for the last uh, few days. Mm-hmm. Probably some of the best people I've played with in a long time. No, you stupid. And, being, you know, you have to beep every other word coming out. <laughs> yeah, and do you think it's, that that has something to do with the subject matter and just the fact that it's not a game where you're, you're stabbing bros in the gut? I, I would like to think so. Because I mean, it is just—it's just a fun shooter. Even when you knock over a flower or a zombie, they don't explode, and there's no like plant <laughs> guts or, or zombie yeah. guts. They just fall over, and you can plant get revived guts. and whatnot. I have it's to just, say, oh I'm no, sorry. all chlorophyll everywhere. I know that would be so awesome. No, but you that, on, I'm just, sorry. What? I I had heard the title, you know, Plants vs Zombies, and had played the Flash game, and that's all I thought this was. So I can't. I'm just amazed. I had to look up some images online of this game. I had no idea it was 3D and all this stuff. Yeah, I think it's. Oh uh, yeah. for the PC now you can get it, but it was originally Xbox exclusive. 
Yeah, right. I, I it saw was it on the one on PC, first, but it was like forty. Then the three sixty, so. then the PC, and the PlayStation version launched on Tuesday for both the three and the four. And I picked up the four version so I could ma- have my own stupid trophies. <laughs> you trophy hunter, you. Also, I no, thought that. Just, do you have you ever played a game that you let someone borrow or let someone play, and they've earned a few achievements on their own? And then when you replay the game and you start a new game, you're like. That could have been a trophy for me right there. Or that should have been my achievement, but it's already been credited to me. And it just... It just <laughs> remember what I said? That, that's what we call an idol. That, that's, it's, just, yeah. it's, it's irrational. It's stupid, I know. But I'm like, okay, i got to get the PlayStation version now. I know. It's stupid. Whatever. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, no that, there's, there's a certain level of, of, uh, of understandability in that, but also that is pretty ridiculous. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so that's cool. But so you you have you have been really enjoying that. And and oh, could you elaborate for me a little bit? Because I'm I'm the only re- reason I ever want any shooters is because they have uh, split screen co op. Because I don't like playing outside of my house. Um, right. So what's what's the uh, co op? Okay. The, the local so there's co-op? two modes. Uh, there is what's called Garden Ops, which is essentially horde mode. You that one you can play split screen. That's the one okay. you can play split screen co op. Okay. Because it's you and four other players, and the other two would come from online, and you would face off of ten waves of zombies. And the waves obviously uh, ramp up in difficulty as you get towards the end. And they're completely randomized. So it's never the same wave twice. You can play it and there's like Vegas-style one-armed bandit rollers that pop up during certain rounds. And you could face three monster yetis, three, I forget the name of the gigantic zombie that's like 10 stories tall has a little minion on its back and hits everyone with a uh, telephone pole <laughs> but the idea is you're basically defending your garden okay. and you you can plant like uh did you so ever play trenched or iron brigade on the 360 uh i i know i know what they uh what that is um because it's you basically uh, so yeah you can basically defend with yourselves and you can also plant smaller plants and pots around the map okay so, like so it's sunflower. still tower defense yeah, there's a little element of that in there, but it's, but then, but it's uh, live action, so it's it's a lot more yes, a lot more tense. Exactly, exactly. Cool. So the uh, then the other modes are just comical takes on deathmatch on uh, what was introduced. I think it was with Black Ops War. You basically are trying to the the plants have a base, and then the zombies are trying to take points in okay. the, that base. So they, they they there's like five points, and then they have to finally get into Crazy Dave's mansion. That one's fun. Okay. That one's a lot of fun, but then there's uh, so there's that there's hard there's a variation on hard point that just came out uh, team deathmatch. Hmm. But the other cool thing about it is, and this is the hook I think a lot of people like about it is the sticker shop. So for every for every match, you always get at least two thousand points or coins or whatever you want to call it, and you use those coins to redeem sticker packs. You know, like you go into Target or whatever, and you see those little cellophane wrapped packs of trading cards for you know magic or world of Warcraft. Oh, wow. so you can actually literally get like real real world no they're cards. not real world they're in oh, game oh, oh. but oh, okay. but what's in them is customizations like like cool glasses uh and and uh or tattoos okay. or or appearance changes for your characters so the motivation so you, is is character custom customization exactly and okay. it's completely random because so you never know what's going to get it like you look at each pack and it says this pack is guaranteed to have nine cards, one uncommon item, and one character sticker pack. Okay. So it's just you, you go in because you can get uh, – so you have your basic pea shooter, for example. And then you get, redeem a sticker pack and you get like eight pieces of uh, new pea shooter. So suddenly you have the toxic pea or the berry pea shooter or the toxic pea shooter, I should say. The berry shooter 
uh, and you name it. So you can have different variations on your character, which have different abilities, different drawbacks, and it's just a way to keep you playing. Yeah. And the best part is, is they have the sticker book, so it's like a scrapbook. You see all these empty slots where all these stickers can go. Oh man! Got to keep playing to so, get them. So all. I see how this is. This game is going for definitely going for a younger demographic, because or, or at least people who really, really like stickers. <laughs> or have a lot of free money on hand because you can pay real world money to get the stickers. Oh man! Oh, yeah, that, that's that. Yeah, uh, but you know what? My wife. I mean, in, in in about two months of play, she's got pretty much every single sticker. <laughs> yeah! Wow. That's... So I mean, it, it, they have. I will probably say the best balance between grinding and reward. Because within four matches, if you do if you do even halfway decent, you can get enough to buy the premium sticker pack. Yeah. And you feel like you've accomplished something. They they okay. they really nailed that system down, and cool. the yeah, it's just it's just really really good the way they have it balanced. That's cool. cool. So and, it's been the last like family friendly multiplayer online shooter. Yeah. While I while you can't trust everyone on the microphone on the other oh. end of the game, yes, the game yeah. itself is absolutely. I would say one hundred percent family friendly, which is nice because like. Or I would at least recommend ninety eight percent because it depends upon online experiences. Yeah, well, you can just not have microphones on if you want. Yeah, that's that's probably the better thing. Yeah, they have a simple mute all button within the game, so you just hit the you just hit that little leaderboard button and you yeah. just hit the triangle button and it mutes everyone, so that's easy. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Or you could go watch my uh, my parental controls videos on the PlayStation Four and learn how to mute your microphone completely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, hey Ted, are you still there? Yes, I am. Cool. Uh, what are you playing lately? I am playing Super Mario Galaxy. Still? Yes. <laughs> I, wow, I'm, I thought you said you were going to quit. I'm 32 stars in. Oh, man. And You're just you getting got started. a long ways to go. Yeah. Do I? <laughs> There's 161 stars total. Well, oh, I didn't realize don't there was tell that me many. that. But, you can complete well, it around the 170-ish uh, mark. Yeah, I, I beat it with like 70 stars. Yeah. yeah, you don't need it. That's I'm counting the Luigi playthrough, too. Oh, you're just being oh. crazy. Oh, there's. Yeah, the, I didn't even know. There's a Luigi playthrough? Yeah, once you, you can lock Once it. you earn all the stars on, with Mario, you can replay the game as Luigi. Oh, snap. No, that that's... Wait, does 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 he have floaty twinkle feet? Like, he floaty twinkle, he does not stop easily, so the mechanics of the of those, like, insanely hard uh, star races against yeah. Blue Mario change completely, because he can jump farther, run faster, but he handles like a like a penguin on ice. Oh, wow. You know yeah. what? I was so close to getting that many stars. Maybe I should. Yeah, now now I'm actually kind of wanting to. I'm intrigued. Save game. Yeah, I'm intrigued now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's sort of just one of those things where you can pick up, get a few stars, and then go on. And uh, I've also been in kind of this casual mode. I've been playing Peggle too. Um, Peggle, wow! It's yeah, been a lot can, of can you can you that. explain uh, what Peggle is for those of us who don't know? Yeah, and for me, it was a relatively new thing. I mean, it's Peggle two, so clearly there's a Peggle one, but yeah, I yeah. didn't know about it. But your basic, what is it, like Pachinko or something like that? It's sort of that uh, Asian game yeah. where you're yeah, dropping that's... a ball down and it's hitting pegs. Uh, you're basically just trying to drop a ball down and have it hit certain dots. And some are bonus or power dots. Some have certain features depending on what you've chosen. And I've played through the game. Now I'm going back and doing some of the trials. Uh-huh. And it's just fun. It's mindless fun. This is mindless fun week because I... Because I'm getting ready to be a, a serious gamer this weekend. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, oh tell, tell everybody about what you're going to be doing. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm going, quote, 
camping, unquote. <laughs> oh, boy. So uh, my son will be going back to college soon for his junior year at SCAD. But we like to do a camping trip. And we've done camping trips in the past with the Boy Scouts that are really on the level of roughing it, carrying everything on your back, going into a wilderness. Well, uh, I'm 47 and not doing that anymore. <laughs> so now I found a little cabin at a KOA campground that has electricity. What's KOA? KOA. That's those, uh, you see those billboards for camping that has that yellow background, the red tent that looks kind of like a teepee, and it says KOA underneath oh, it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Camp, Campgrounds that's, that's, of America is what it stands there for. There you go. Oh, okay. Camp with yeah. a K. Okay. I thought it was KOA, you know. like knocked out on arrival. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody I got there, they're all laying on the ground. Free punch per customer. So, so as we're going camping, we're taking two Xbox 360s, two monitors, and a router so that we can do system link and play Borderland 2 co-op. Nice. That's the way you got to do it because, like, I, I, you really have to have, like, a huge chunk of time and just be in your, your nice little island with your buddy to be able yeah. to really just dive in and enjoy it. But and that's, I've that. never played it, so it's a new thing for me entirely from the ground up. And I don't want to do split screen. I want to have my own screen. So. Oh, yeah. So do you have any familiarity with the Borderland series in any way, shape, or form? None whatsoever, other than I understand that it is a first-person shooter, which is a strike against it for me in my sensitive stomach. Yeah. Uh, well, it also has some RPG elements, I've been told. I think the best comparison point is that it is uh, Halo Diablo. meets Diablo. Yeah, yeah, Diablo. That was the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. Well, I like both those games. I just can't yeah. do the first-person shooter for long, but I'm going to try to endure. But I'm also going to take my little PS1 with the Solid Snake game on yeah. it. So I figure Original I might Metal try Gear to Solid. advance in that. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Cool, cool, so. cool. That's awesome. So, Zach, what are you playing? Uh, or not playing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I realized that after I asked that. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I was playing stuff before then. So Yeah, so how about since uh, you were la- you last recorded a podcast? Uh, I've been playing Valkyria Chronicles. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, because so. I remember we were talking about that, right? Yeah, well, I played it like... Four years ago? <laughs> yeah, me too. That's a PS3 title, right? Yeah. It's it was been a an while. early PS3 title. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, oh, this is the best thing ever, you know, because it was early PS3. Nobody seemed well, to care. <laughs> yeah, just describe the game for everybody. Uh, it's basically a strategy role-playing game in the vein of Final Fantasy Tactics or Nippon Ichi stuff, but most of it is in the actual fighting, which is a lot different. Because you actually have to move the characters around in actual 3D space, then aim the gun, then shoot it. Yeah. Which is giving, which is an interesting way to do it. Now, it's kind yeah. of grindy, and it's very simplistic in what it does, but what it does, it does very well. <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah. I remember, I remember that about it. I also remember that it was set in, was, it was World War II, like all World War, anime version of World War II, right? Yeah, basically. Like, if you hate anime storytelling, which I know Josh does with a passion... Yeah, that's why I stopped playing the game. You just can't go. You know, it's like. So let me guess. It's all a bunch of cute kids in like grade school wielding guns, fighting on mystical monsters, and yes, at least but they, one person has amnesia. Right, but the only difference is that they all have full size bodies. Yeah, they have full size bodies, and they're dressed in. It's kind of like a, a fake version of World War Two, if I had to kind of nail it. So With, there's tanks and there's guns and like, but there's no. 
there's no realistic consequences because Japanese audiences have this kind of weird thing with dismemberment and blood in a certain sense. So, like, if this game had any kind of realistic warfare, it would have basically been rated like 18 plus only, and they don't sell that stuff to minors over there. So, yeah, well, how, how does something like uh, how does something like uh, the the Resident Evil series play into that, or that's rated Z, which is the Sero rating, basically for only adults can play this. Oh, really? Yeah. So I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what in Valkyria Chronicles was meant to be like a franchise over there, and it is. So there's yeah. like a manga and there's an anime and all that stuff. So is there a, a PSP game? Yeah, there were two sequels that came out on yeah. the PSP. One came out in the U.S. in Europe, Valkyria Chronicles Two, which. Okay, I'm staring at right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Valkyria Chronicles 3, which came out on PSP only in Japan. Yeah. And they PSP. released a translation patch for it recently, I'm pretty oh, cool. sure. So you technically can play the whole series because they're really similar. That's so cool. You can play it on a PSP only, or can you play it on something else? Uh, the first game is PS3, so it's uh-huh. super yeah. cheap right now. <laughs> yeah. So are you really, really digging it? Uh, I like it, and I think it's... I like the fighting system. It's really interesting, it, yeah. from me at least. Like, it's sort of like a giant complicated version of rock, paper, scissors, rather than, like, RPG mechanics kind of messing in with it. Yeah. Because well, the RPG uh, stuff is just kind of a facsimile of real, like, strategy RPG tropes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and and within the, the realm of, of uh, tactical RPGs, the... Fire Emblem series was all based on Rochambeau as well, so it has that same kind of, uh, you know, this beats this beats this um, kind of trifecta. Um, yeah, but this is more like uh, tank beats everybody. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I remember that. Grenades and lancers beat tank, and then okay. everybody else is like, stay behind cover or you die. Yeah, yeah, that's not quite the same thing as yeah, because as your character is moving, the other people will take pot shots at you. Uh-huh. If you get within range, so you can't just kind of run out in the open like an idiot. Yeah, you have to actually make sure you're moving in cover and not next to a tank. There goes my strategy. <laughs> <laughs> but you can kill the tank because it has a weak point in the back, so you can actually position the tank so it's invulnerable if you're doing it right. Huh. Plus, I think the tank takes two unit movements instead of just one. And, yeah, I remember there was yeah. there's a pretty significant trade off for a lot of those those elements. But. Yeah, and it's interesting because like in most strategy RPGs, everybody gets one turn, mm-hmm. but in this one, you can pick how many turns a unit gets. They just have a reduced movement radius if you do that. Interesting. And every time you pick them, it'll get less and less. But it's a good trade off if you're just trying to like finish a mission or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and also you can just always go for headshots, which is pretty much the de facto strategy. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much that's pretty much the the thing that you do in every every game like yeah. that. The flow is basically like blow yeah. up cover, shoot in head, move to next enemy. Yeah, which I think that's that's uh, actually the opposite of what they do in the military, isn't it? Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, they, they might blow things up, but there's isn't there isn't like generally discouraged in the in the real world warfare to like shoot someone in the head. Uh, I don't know. Is uh, anyone I, I, more? I don't, I don't know why I'm, I'm talking about this right now. I just <laughs> is anyone more familiar with real? <laughs> Are there any military, military experts in the audience? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely I'm definitely not that person. Um, so I don't know why yeah. I brought that up. But anyway, so is it all right if I share the game that I'm playing? Yes. No. Oh, oh dang it! All Wait, right. let me guess. Why is it a obscure indie title for your PC, and it has to do with? Um, 
the blood vesicles inside there are cells, and you are a cell, and you are floating <laughs> through the body, and you're trying to uh, oxygenate. Actually, I have that game. It's on iPad. Um. <laughs> that sounds like that. What was that movie they made back in the 60s where they shrunk those people to go inside that VIP's body to fix a problem? What was the name of it? The greatest Journey or something like First that? First thing I, I think of is Body Wars from Epcot, but... Oh, that was such a great ride. <laughs> That's not sounding like uh, not not a wrinkle in time, but the the one that came right after that, um, there was, uh, wind in the door, something like that. I think that was what. The, anyway, not 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 important to to, to this discussion. So, um, to, to Ted, unfortunately, I'd, I'd love to prove you wrong. I could I could talk about the board game we played last night. <laughs> I knew just, it. Just to get around where you're trying to go, but uh, yeah, well, it's not just it's not just a uh, an indie title that that's on PC. That's what I'm playing it on. Um, but it's also on, I think, just about everything, really. It, or, no, 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 just uh, PS4 and uh, maybe one or two other things. It's free on PS4 right now. Um, it's called uh, Road Not Taken. Um, based, I believe it's based on Robert Frost. Oh, I could be wrong. Oh, yeah. Um, it, which, I mean, I mean, like the, the actual like name of it is based on Robert Frost. The actual gameplay is based on. Um, it's like a puzzle roguelike, so it's it's kind of like a strange, a strange. Uh, game structure but the the basis is that you are a kind of a, a ranger kind of a, a hooded uh, uh sand person not, not what what is jawas from star wars the guys who have the, the little ones or the big ones the little ones jawas They're, yeah jawas so you're basically playing as like what looks like a jawa and he has he has a pole that has a, a or a staff that has one one ability to pick just about anything up and chuck it as far as it'll go before it hits something. Uh, <laughs> and uh, this is a top. It's it's kind of a top-down game, and you you basically have uh, a, a number of of set rooms in a forest. And your job as the ranger, who can use his magical staff, is to uh, save children who are out picking berries in the winter, and uh, simply bring them back to their parents. And then everyone in the town will hopefully one day love you and not treat you like a uh, horrible, ugly alien. Um, and that <laughs> that's kind of the, 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 the overall framework of it. I, I am considering comparing the game to uh, to my uh, biology teacher in ninth grade uh, who <laughs> – and it's, it's actually kind of complimentary because the, ga- the game is, is – uh, I like it, but it's smarter than me. Um, it's like, like – or, or maybe, it's, maybe it's not just smarter than me, but it just has this like difficulty curve that I can't quite – I can't quite get ahead of. Like uh, eat, the, the game, uh, like like a lot of other roguelikes, you have like your first level that you uh, you know is easier than your second that gets harder and it progressively gets harder each each level as you go on. Um, but it's still random each time. Every time you play, the game's completely random, and you're learning the core systems. What, what does this this shape do, or what does this um, red shell? Uh, smiley thing do when I pick it up and throw it, and what does this child do when I throw it out of fire? Um, which is actually what? a really good thing. You do want to throw children at fires, believe it or not. It actually. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? This is bad advice, okay. Josh. It's bad okay. advice. I just sat back hey, down. Ever... I just sat back down, and the only thing I hear was throw children at fires. Right, what right. in the world? This is a good games. thing to do. This so, is video games. Yes, this is oh this is video God. games. So there's certain things that you find, like every object, like all you can do is pick things up and throw them. Um, but you f- or, or carry them a little bit, but it consumes your energy, and you find out that very quickly every object has unique properties. You can pick up and throw bears, you can pick up and throw yetis, 
You can pick up and throw just about anything that you come across, but there's also a lot of things that hate you and want to eat you um, and also eat children. I have to ask, what is the special property of children? Oh, uh... The, the, the whole goal of the game is to save children because I think that the reason why I say that the game is like my uh, like my ninth grade biology teacher is because she uh, she never married and she like she was a really really nice teacher but she never pandered to us she, it's like if you're a teacher of freshman biology um, that's a special level of grace because you're trying to te- tell these get these freshman kids to grow up and learn the difference between meiosis and mitosis. And these are these are not things that uh, I cared about as a fourteen year old boy, um, and so I don't know how my teacher was able to do this to make make keep me interested and uh, help me pass her class. Um, but um, that's kind of what Road Not Taken is as a game because like you're learning about all these really abstract rules about you know fires and the different kinds of, of bears that you can pick up and throw or the different kinds of imps that want to get in your way or, or uh, what happens when you mix two pigs together and they become a big fat pig that you can throw at a fire and eat it. Um, you can't eat children when you throw them in fires. <laughs> <laughs> this conversation would sound horrible out of context. <laughs> what? I, I missed it. What is the name of this game? Road Not Taken. Oh, that's on the PS4 now, isn't it? Right. It's free on the PS4 if you have Plus, um, yes. and it's on a couple of other things. It's got this really charming art style. It's made by the same people who made uh, uh, the free iOS game Triple Town, which is a uh, uh, also a match three – or that, well, Road Not Taken isn't exactly a match three game, but there's some match three components in it. But uh, the previous game, Triple Town, was, was all about, obviously, making threes. Um, and so this this has like a very similar art style in some ways, um, but it also has a very like pseudo sinister kind of quality because it's really about your character who just saves children for a living and yet and is trying to be made okay with the people in the town, but like there's always a deep suspicion and they it's obvious that uh, if they get married they're not going to be able to fit the uh, the, the box of uh, get a job, get married, have kids, um, gotcha. and that's that's. Of, of a kind of a ham-handed uh, theme of the game because you kind of have to be because you're probably not going to get past the sixth year and there's like 15 years. Um, uh-huh. And I've I've been playing it for about eight hours and I've not gotten any further. I barely made it to the sixth year. So it gets... The, the difficulty ramps up pretty quickly. So, yeah, I yeah. have it sitting on my, my PS4 dashboard. I just... Because whenever they change the games, I just go out and grab them as fast as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't always play them. It's kind of like... It's kind of like my Steam library. Tons of just tons of crap in there. I'll never play before I die. Yeah, and, and it's it's hard to get to. Um, you know, it's it's hard to when you get a game for free. It, it no longer has that um, investment uh, that that makes you like really really want to uh, sink into it. Like I have Vanquish sitting on my PS3, and I know it's a great game, mm-hmm. but I got it for free. Oh, exactly. Josh, why? Please well, play Vanquish I, for me. Hey, I play. I played it on hard, and I realized that is the dumbest thing in the world because no, you, play you it on can't. No, this platinum games you cannot play yeah. it on hard. Well, you know, I'm trying to. I'm trying to be a man. You know, be a man, <laughs> dude. Vanquish is awesome. I don't like Anna. <laughs> You're talking about that crazy platinum game shooter thing. Yeah, it's yeah, super. Yeah, it's, it's like what with platinum games try to make a. a uh, uh, Gears of War or um, something that that would be comparable to uh, 
Unreal yeah. games. But if you play it like Gears of War, you will like hate yourself. Oh yeah, no. I'm I'm like well, sometimes you have to because like you're just trying to stay like alive and not get shot. Um, but you also have to like fly around the battlefield at sixty miles per hour and and launch your your guns at people and swap your guns and like I don't it's it's I beat the first boss after eighteen tries. <laughs> <laughs> it's super complicated. I mean, I played through the whole normal, and I was like, I I love platinum games, but this is just not for me. This game's been out for quite a while, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah, it's been yeah I was going to say, it's not a new game. It's, no, it's not. But, but um, yeah. it came out on PlayStation Plus last year, and I was like, yes, I want this. And then I played it the first, the first, I got through the first boss, which I was like, yes, I beat the first boss. And I found out uh, after fighting it for 18 times that it was actually a mini boss and not the real boss <laughs> yeah yeah you know what it's kind of like the wonderful 101 it takes at least like five to ten hours to really like nail it and get yeah it. And, and that's the thing like with with the, the 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 bar being lowered on games and them becoming cheaper and less and, and just more accessible it makes it makes the investment like like i i don't i honestly don't know if xcom declassified uh the bureau um which i absolutely loved last year was because i loved it because I paid forty bucks for it, or because it's legitimately like the best uh, tactical action cover buddy shooter thing that that I've ever played. Um, but it has a lot to do with the level of investment, and I think that's why a lot of uh, old school minded uh, game journos p- make their employees pay for whatever game they're buying or reviewing, so that they have a real sense of the value mm-hmm. of the game as they're going into it. Yes, I can vouch for that. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. Having to pay for your own game, (laughs) you're more invested in it in a sense to at least uh, give it a better try. Yeah, Yeah. I I remember Greg Kasavin of Gamespot, or who is the guy who makes Bastion and Transistor now? He used to make people buy all the games they reviewed for Gamespot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like I think that's a super good way to review a game because at least you kind of have an idea of what the consumer goes through. Right. I'm assuming that's a write-off. (laughs) <laughs> your purchase of the game i would imagine but yes it is expense. if you're doing it for if you're doing it as part of a contractual work uh something that you fill out a 1099 for yes you can write it off as a tax yeah that's, tax that's a deductible. Yeah. and that's and that's the weird thing because like as i've been writing about games for the past two years or whatever like and as i've as i've gotten lots of re- review codes of things i realize like there's like i would not want to do it any other way than a review code but i also realize that um, there is a clear capacity to lose that that clear sense of value um, of, of of just you know the game experience. And it's it's a little different because it's not like you're just getting it from a, a big giant no name company and they're like, uh, could you? It's, it's time for you to review this for us. It's more like uh, every game that I tend to review is it's an actual indie game. So I feel like there's a um, I, I can see the person who's working on it. I can read their development blogs. I can see the actual work that went into it, so it's a little bit different because there's that that granular, um, close closer nature of proximity than than with the faceless Ubisofts or, or uh, <laughs> EAs of the world. Yeah. And and Joshua, I didn't mean to be so critical of your game description choices. Oh, I was no, no, just, no, I like that. That was funny. I was reviewing back. <laughs> uh, I was I've been playing a game where I'm an Italian plumber uh, flying through <laughs> outer space. So I have yeah, no yeah. grounds. I have no grounds. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you jerk. <laughs> I did play Mario Tennis, and I played as a caterpillar with a flower coming out of his head. So 
<laughs> I assume there's something weird there too. Yeah, that's that's a completely valid point. So, um, beware of Wiggler, <laughs> tennis extraordinaire. Man, he's got a backhand or backhands. Backhands. I, I was gonna say yeah. yes, backhands. <laughs> so we got maybe about about five more minutes before I think Ted has to go. Is that right, Ted? I got all the time in the world. Oh, I, nice, nice. Yeah. So, I got so um, the last the last subject that I wanted to close out for today is, um. What do you think is uh, the best way to describe like healthy approach to gaming? I know that's a super broad subject, but I, I, I want to bring it back to our original uh, subject of you know what is a gamer. But I want to I, I just want to know like how do you define healthy gameplay in general? Like what is what is that for you personally, and and or, and or how could you improve? Uh, quick question: Has anyone been uh, addicted to video games? Because I've not had that experience, so I assume somebody has more knowledge of this than I. Now, are, when we say addiction, are we talking American Psychological Association textbook case where they put you in the in the not to yeah? Well, are, are we talking that level of addiction or just one where you think either about or? It? I don't put myself in the addicted camp. No, or video games. I'd say that there's there's been times where I've I've retreated into games in an unhealthy way. And there's been lots of times where I've I've had an unhealthy uh, work life uh, or uh, game life balance, um, and I, I've I've been uh, addicted to a particular game, uh, you know, where I just I just I just get up and it's the first thing that I think about, the first thing I want to do, and uh, might not might find a way to make it work with my lifestyle, so like a functioning mm-hmm. functioning habit, but. Um, I wouldn't say that I've necessarily had a, a uh, an overt addiction, uh, but but it has been unhealthy at times. So, uh, for me personally, I guess since I asked the question, I should go first since that's what's happening. Is that was that was what's happening? Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, I guess it happened that way. All right. Um, yeah. No. Go ahead. Go. Go first. Yeah. So, um, for for me personally, I think that the most important thing is uh, to to really uh, get out of a single player preoccupation. Um, that's that's the most important thing for me as as a, uh, a game uh, player, uh, or just because I've realized in the past, like all of my really unhealthy gaming habits have come from me just playing in a vacuum, thinking this game is about me, this game is about my, it's, it's just for me. I don't have any concern about other people who are around the world experiencing it or sharing that experience, and it becoming a very me you. You know, all the gamers are saying, "You, Josh, you're the one that that really matters in the universe." And <laughs> getting outside of that, I think, is is really, really central. And that, that, there's lots of things for me that have become a part of that, like um, playing games with with other people, like specifically teenagers in the youth center, or um, the as as the the pick, uh, treating teenagers like Pikmin, picking them out and putting them on my back and taking them to game cell. Um, has become kind of like the 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 thing that's that's really 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 taken me to the next degree of of thinking of others oriented gameplay, um, really thinking about other people uh, when I write about games, really learning to think about other people and not just getting into my own experience. Um, that's been really really central. It's just having an others oriented mindset of play. Yeah. Hmm. Well stated. I think it's more for me that I've never kind of had this vicarious insertion into video games uh-huh. in more of like the selfish sense. Yeah. So like when I see a character on screen, even though they're like either named after me or I am supposed to be the player character, I don't really feel like I, any kind of connection. So yeah. I've never been addicted in that way. 
Okay. I mean, I played games to the point where I've given myself wrist trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I guess is addictive in some way, but like I've never felt kind of the compulsion to just play out of some part of my life being bad or whatever. But well, you also you also disassociate yourself. There's your big word for the day, kids. Uh, yeah. Disassociate yourself from the narrative, right? You you don't. It, it, Forgive me if I'm mistaking you for someone else, but aren't you the one that uh, – I remember we've talked about this before. You just look at a story in a game and you're like, ah, it's a good story. You don't actually get too emotionally involved in it. That's Zachary. Uh, I do to the point where it kind of hits my own emotional nerves, but I can view it objectively enough to know that, like this is yeah. just part of the game or the narrative or the movie or whatever kind of media we're talking about. Zachary's basically an unfeeling robot. No, 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 no. I'm, wa- <laughs> I'm watching tons of anime right now. And, man, all the feels. All the feels. Oh, that, that, that's... I don't even know enough that. about what's going on in an anime to generate feelings for anybody because it's... <laughs> I watch, like... I, I'm like... Who are these people? How do they function with these clothes? If you're what watching, are they doing? If you're watching like Dragon Ball Z or stuff or Naruto, then yeah, that's not going to work for you. I know. I tried to not to derail. I I just started watching Attack on Titan, and because I've read the first couple books, now, I like that. One. Everyone tells me it's amazing. So yeah, that's what that's I, the general consensus of the internet. But what about you, Jonathan? Uh, oh, I want to talk about. Uh, well, okay, to, to go back to, to go to go back because I'm just gonna I'll derail it in the title. Yeah, that'll, that, that's but, another rabbit hole there. The but disassociator that would be me. Hey, yeah, yes. but, but yeah. So, so I think that is probably, and this is just me being an armchair psychologist. I think that's probably why you had, don't, have never had a problem with it, because for you there's no investment, at least in a narrative way. And I think for a lot of people who get addicted, they make their own narratives. Yeah. They have their own worlds that they live in. And I think that can be true either on a, on a level where of mechanics or that can be a level of, of narrative, yeah. like think, for Warcraft. I I'm sorry, the, go ahead. I think the Nintendo Wii U gamepad is the biggest obstacle to me playing video games. Because <laughs> it gives me wrist trouble. <laughs> that oh, thing is not ergonomically designed for anything. It is a little large. It's like a slab of death. All I can feel is <laughs> wrist pain. It's very light. I don't know well, what actually, it that's is. A, that's a good segue um, into similar su- the, the well, exact same subject from a different angle, but the uh, healthy, healthy. Uh, yeah, exactly. Healthy gameplay is 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 and from like a sheer like actual physical health sense, like is it healthy for you to play on a Wii U game? No, the wonderful one hundred and one <laughs> is impossible to play well on a gamepad because it kills your wrists. Yeah, you said you used the classic controller. For I that. played it for twenty five hours, and I that feel is. like my wrists are broken, and I have been taking a break. Precisely because of that game. Huh. Hey, I wanted to just backtrack a little bit back to the whole addiction mental thing. Now, yeah, you yeah, guys yeah, yeah. may or may not know that I work at a, a drug and alcohol treatment center called uh, Anuvia in Charlotte. Visit Anuvia.org. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's about obviously drug and alcohol addiction, but addiction is addiction, kind of like what Jonathan was talking about from that clinical side. And even on the uh, the webpage for the thing, they have this questionnaire. It's called the Quake the Quage, the Cage Questionnaire, which was developed by a professor from UNC Chapel Hill. And it's four questions that ask you about your drinking or drug use. But I'm I'm going to ask these four questions, and you will say yes or no. But you also have to substitute video game use instead of drug use. Okay, All right, let's do it. Come on, All right. bring it on. Question number one. Have you ever felt you should cut down on your drinking or drug use? 
silence. All right. <laughs> All right. Aren't you going to replace the word for video game use? Yeah. Would you like me to do it, or do you want to do yeah. it in your head? No, right, I think I'll... you should do it because that that way that way it's less work for us. Okay. All right. Yes, I'll just start over. <laughs> I will start over and do your thinking for you. Yes. Yes. Right. Go. Go. Have you it. ever felt you should cut down on your video game use or playing? Yes. Ever? Right. Yes. All right. Number two question is, have you ever felt annoyed when other people mentioned or criticized your video game use or video <laughs> game playing? All right. Yes. The third question is, have you ever felt concerned or guilty about your video game use or video game playing? And then the f- last question is, <laughs> have you ever used video games or video game use in the morning to steady your nerves or to get rid of a hangover? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Now, Actually, Angela, hangover, wait, wait, hangover. wait, wait. I have to say yes to that one. Do you? Yes, because oh, there I is one game. I, I just realized I am addicted to this game. And <laughs> yes. Which game? You're going to laugh. Well, then get it on so we can laugh. Come on. Come on, Jester. It's Simpsons tapped out. I'm obsessed with I've heard with about game. that, yeah. I have played that game since the day it launched. Isn't that on I plan to sit down today on FX, where they are starting the Simpsons marathon today, every episode ever. Oh, wow. Uh, it's a 12-day marathon. <laughs> Sheesh, yeah, well. Now, wouldn't you like to know what the results are if you answered yes to one question? Yeah, okay, yes. Ted. All right. One yes answer suggests a possible abuse or dependency problem. More than one yes answer means that it is very likely that a problem exists. That's that's the unofficial self-assessment cage questionnaire and what the results can mean. What is three? That would be more than one. So oh, more okay. than one an- yes answer. Okay, I see. Yeah. Means it's very likely that a, yeah. that a problem exists. It does. It's not specific about what the problem is because it's just an, a casual self assessment. Yeah. Well, I, I will say that I did I did uh, I did get up and play a video game to wake up this morning, <laughs> and I, I uh, I'm not sure if that counts as calming your nerves or getting uh, rid of a hangover. Getting, running over, I mean, a sleep hangover, absolutely. Um, but <laughs> my hands are like, shaking. I need my PSP now. <laughs> well, actually, no, I didn't need a PSP. Well, what I do, what I do, and this this actually links to the second the second part of my question, which was, do you play games for health reasons? And that's that I uh, I got up this morning and I I, I uh, danced my booty off a little bit to uh, Crypt of the Necro Dancer on my my new DDR dance pad. Oh, you got the pad for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, and uh, I didn't get too sweaty because I only. I think that might be because I'm getting better at the game and better at the overall experience. But I'll tell you what, the first time that I that I danced on the dance pad of that game, I smelled terrible. Did you say you smelled terrible? I smelled terrible. Physically like, or is that part of the game? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean physically. Like I I mean like just from like playing the game, like I got so sweaty it was I was disgusting. Okay. Thank you for not giving me too much information. <laughs> <laughs> I played the game. My hands were sweating. No, not my hands. No, my my whole body. Uh he's got the pad. Remember? Yeah, because of the dance pad, the, the DDR dance pad. Oh man, goodness! You wouldn't send him one of yours. Oh wait, no, you were too protective. I got, I got. It's it's a it's a uh, it's a mat 
it's not like the, the, the best in the world, but it, um, it works. It's just like, I, I just have to figure out, like, I've realized that my biggest difficulty with it is my own balance and figuring out that whether or not my foot is on one of the buttons or not. Cause I'm not quite used to, uh, the exact distance between my yeah. feet and each one of the buttons. And I'm actually can, like dancing on the floor right now, trying to think about where my feet go when I'm playing the game. <laughs> and it can kind of slide. So um, it hasn't slid at all, really. No, really? I haven't had. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm playing. It's actually a mat, and I'm playing it on a rug, so I thought it might be a little bit of a problem, but it, it has that hasn't been the problem at all. Well, if it does end up being an issue, just put it like a. If you put a piece of wood on a piece of wood, and then you kind of just like nail down the four sides, it'll actually make it like super solid. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, that could that could actually work pretty yeah. well. You just have to make sure not to pierce any of the components. Yeah, no, that that's yes. really important. But uh, yeah, so I, I but I do recommend Crypto the Necrodancer if you want to become less fat like I am trying to. And for a morning eye opener, for an, a morning eye opener, which which could potentially put me in uh, four of the the four of Ted's. <laughs> You've got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Crypto the Necrodancer. Oh, oh, it's a PC game. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's it's right now it's on Steam Early Access. Um, it's not completely done, but it is one of the most complete roguelikes that I've played and it's and for those who, who who didn't listen to me talk about it last podcast I should explain that it's basically a um uh a game of tactical ro- a tactical roguelike where it's one one turn so it's like a turn-based roguelike only every turn is to the beat of the drums so you have to keep moving you know like like each one of those has to be a footstep so it's it's very quick. It's it, and it's challenging your brain. It's challenging your body if you're playing it with that. You don't have to play it that way because it's definitely harder. Um, I can actually, I could, I definitely would prefer to play it on a controller if if I'm trying to be good at the game because um, I do not have the the best coordination with my feet. Uh, this is the first video game I've ever played with my feet. <laughs> <laughs> So, Not even um, DDR. You've never played. No, DDR. I, 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 I actually, okay. I played DDR for maybe one song at one time, like eight years ago. Um, but this, and I realized I was like, all right, there's no age. You know, I, it's it's just fulfilling a quota of of game activity. <laughs> so um, surprisingly, I didn't have as strong of an objection to to playing like Rock Band or Guitar Hero. But it, it was still very that same kind of thing, like. I'm not actually changing things. That's why I liked Amplitude, because you could actually like change the track that you're playing on as you're inputting your rhythm. Uh, but that's not here nor, here nor there. Just to sim- simply say that um, Crypto the Necrodancer is the, the most physical, physically healthy game that I've ever played, uh, because I've already lost like two pounds. In a hey, week. there you go. Well oh, done, yeah. sir. Geeks with sneaks. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I, I play it in my bare feet, so... <laughs> Well, let me let me ask you. Let's say a certain unnamed individual uh, may have multiple DDR dance pads sitting in a closet somewhere. We won't name who this person is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, which ones would be compatible with this? Uh, PC. Well, uh, let me rephrase that. Let's say port. let's say he may have a PS2, a Wii U, or a Wii and an Xbox 360 D pad. Do you ha- can you use those? Yeah, um, you just need an adapter, probably. Yeah, well, well, like the Xbox Three. Okay, drop the subterfuge. They're in my. They're in my. They're in my closet. <laughs> the PS2, I, I would have never guessed. I would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about that. Whoa! I really thought you were talking Surprise. about Gen Wong in Singapore. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, the, the 360 one is a USB connection. So I didn't know if that one if that one would work because obviously that the PS2 would, is that, that gigantic plug, and the the Wii I think is 
the Wii one plugs into a game mode, if I'm not mistaken, or it pairs wireless. Probably Wii mode, I would guess. You know, the Xbox 360 dance pad for DDR was USB. Do we, does that one work? Can I plug that one into my yes, Mac or PC? It should. Um, it, okay. should it should plug into your PC. I, I mean, the PC recognizes 360 controllers super duper perfectly. Um, okay. I'm pretty sure that you could do the exact same thing. You will have to, for Crypto the Necro Dancer, have to input. Uh, you might have to input uh, each one of your controls in the options, which is pretty easy to do. Some oh, kind yeah. of mapping thing. Yeah, you might have to map everything. Yeah, yeah and that's that's what I had to do, and I've had to redo it a couple times as the game updates. Um, but it's it's not that big of a deal. Um, but it, it 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 is definitely the harder way to play the game, and it is uh, quite actually. I mean, it's, it's still like I said, it's 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 the most fun that I've ever had uh, exercising and playing a video game at the same time. So, so wait, <laughs> what system do you have controllers for, Jonathan? Um, I'm not sure I should answer this question. It is the PlayStation 2, okay. the Wii, and the Xbox 360. The Xbox 360 one is basically plug-and-play if you yeah, have a the, Windows the, PC. Okay, the, gotcha. The PS2 version will is what I, is actually the, the version that I have, but it came with an adapt, a PC adapter. So. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. But you're yeah. really all set mm-hmm. if you have a 360 because everything uses 360 controller stuff. Right, right. Well, yeah, especially if you're on Windows. Yeah, especially. I'm not. I'm on P- I'm on Mac. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm pretentious like that. Well, yeah. somebody somewhere on the internet has made controller drivers. It's okay. I can just boot. I, I boot camp. I'll just boot camp into Windows yeah, Seven. That's, and I'll that's, be fine. Well, that's, that's be probably a lot easier than. So I, actually, Jonathan, I realized that I, I I don't know that I actually got an answer from you on the original uh, nature of uh, healthy play. What is healthy play for you? Um, and you can answer that any way that you want. But I didn't. I, I just wanted to hear well, an answer. Am I the only parent in this group? Uh, uh, no. I have a 20-year-old. T- yeah, but beyond How that, How old yes, are you, are. Ted? 47. Yeah. No way. <laughs> I saw the first airplane take off from the ground. <laughs> he, he was. Wow. He, he was, uh, it was just a few miles away from him in North Carolina. He is, he is North Carolina. <laughs> awesome. Friend of you the were, right Did brothers. they have you as an extra in 2001 A Space Odyssey in the, in the beginning there? <laughs> no, he was friends with the Wright brothers. Ah, I was. Gosh, yeah. Good I knew Orville and Wilbur. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, then, then, then Ted, then Ted can appreciate this. Well, the to answer your question succinctly, for me, healthy gaming is knowing where the priority is, because when my son is like, "Daddy, I need your help with something," I I I have an option. I can choose myself and my own little fake world, and say, "No, nope, get your mother to help you," in which she'll kill me later, or <laughs> I, can, I can hit the pause button. And I can walk my lazy butt downstairs and spend time with my son to let him know that I love him and that he is awesome and wonderful and all that good stuff, which is what I attempt to do. Not always. How like if I'm in the sound? middle of Plants vs. Zombies, there is no pause button. <laughs> these other dudes are, you know, these other people are, are depending upon me. Yeah. So, but, but succinctly, yes, healthy gaming is as much as making sure you know when to hit that pause button, making sure you know when to turn that off, and also that you are taking care of your body because it is a temple to the Lord. I do believe now I am not saying we all need to go out and have a transformation like Chris Pratt did for guardians of the galaxy. Go from (laughs) fat drunk on parks and rec to muscle bound on parks and rec. The the question was asked, Hey, how did, how did you shed all that weight? And he said, I don't know. I just stopped drinking beer. (laughs) How how much beer were you drinking? I don't know. It must've been a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And that's the other problem because two people in my church body are craft brewers. Yeah. Ooh. And uh, scary. And and when we ever when we get our when we have our family dinners together, uh, or, or small groups if that's what you want to call them, uh, 
they they usually have a new brew or two for us to try out and taste test. And you know, I I, I hesitantly and always you know slowly say, yeah, I guess. Are they good? <laughs> sure. Huh? Ham and haw. Yeah, I guess. What? It's a pumpkin ale? No, I'm not really interested in giving that. Just you know, put four cases in my back of my car. Yeah, I'll drive off now. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, exactly. So, does that answer your question, Josh? Um, it does answer the question of how much how much uh, pumpkin ale you drink, but um... <laughs> <laughs> which would be uh, a lot. That'd be my guess. If it's an IPA, I will probably drink it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I get where you're coming from as far as as a father. And definitely, it sounds like that's a question of balance. And also, as far as the physical stuff, I agree that you do have to put stuff down. And I'm a, I love going outdoors, so I spend time playing disc golf outside at local parks. Um, I go camping. <laughs> I go camping. Sometimes, sometimes you go it goes real camping. camping, too. Yeah, sometimes I do. But I, also, I do like to hike. I like to – I'm doing – an exercise program with my wife called CrossFit, which I thought had spiritual oh, well. implications, but it doesn't. I <laughs> no, no, it does not. <laughs> Other than that, I cry uh, out to uh, Jesus during some of these. Uh-huh. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah it, it, CrossFit is is known for being pretty brutal. Yeah, but my wife and I are. It's a thing for us to do together, which I think is yeah. kind of what Jonathan was talking about in that sense yeah. of balance. Uh, if it's important to her that we spend a little time together and we both move a little bit more. I'm all for it, and I'll put the controller down. Uh, dude, I'll tell you about it in a month. I, I still don't understand it. I just do what they say. I I do Pilates, so I guess no, it's not Pilates. It's it's like it's like crazy hardcore, like hanging from ceilings and like like Tai Bo. No, you, it's, you go into the gym and they, they you have there's a workout for the day and it's stations. You go, you do this one thing at a station, move to the next station. You move on and move on and move on. The idea oh. is to do it fairly quickly. It is pretty quick. Yeah, I it's had like, like a, a prayer labyrinth. Only instead window. of it being prayer, it's you doing very hard, exhaustive exercises. <laughs> yeah, from what I understand, like the last two that I've been to, the very first stages, they gave me seven minutes to try to do these two specific uh, cycles of exercise, and after seven minutes, you're ready for it to be done. Uh, the other thing they do, other than doing as much, try to get you to do as much as you can in a period of time. But they also will sometimes give you a goal of say, you know, do fifty repetitions of this, and it you can take as long as you want. But your goal is to increase your speed and efficiency as you do it more and more over time. So now I've, I've seen a lot of, of videos of people doing this, and it always seems like for whatever reason, everyone stops and watches the person when it's their turn to do something. Is that real life? <laughs> <laughs> so far i've been in my own little world and i think everybody okay. else is so okay but but it could be interesting like for example what if i am one of these people where i got to do 50 reps and i am just beat i'm near the end of anything that i think i have left and if there are this group of friends you know saying or or people that are there saying yes. come on man you can do it you just got five more i might i might get into that yeah i like yeah. that idea of some support yeah that is that is that is kind of beneficial Cool. Well, um, that sounds like a game, so we that we can consider that uh, the second game that Ted's playing this week. Uh. <laughs> Close enough. It doesn't feel like a game the next day. No, until no. How are the graphics? <laughs> the graphics? Incredibly realistic. Depends who else is there exercising. Waka waka. Uh, uh, uh. It depends. It depends upon the the, the the lack of fogginess in the mirror. <laughs> whether, whether or not you like looking at yourself. <laughs> nice. It, I mean, it's good good feedback that you know, yeah yeah. Everything looks great. The gameplay solid. <laughs> Too many pop-ups, though, sometimes. Yeah, that's true. 
Oh, I, I know this has nothing to do with anything, but I wanted to interject this just because I talked a long time ago on a podcast about suffering and yeah, was referring yes. to my wife's mother who was waiting for a liver transplant. Yeah. And I wanted to just give an update very quickly that uh, at the beginning of July, after she had moved to our area, to the Charlotte area, she got the call that uh, there was a liver available and she had the surgery. And now it's about a month and a half later and she's doing very well. You can see literally the health return to her. So I just wanted to let anybody that may have thought about that or wondered about how she's doing. She is doing super well. Awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Well, Thumbs that's up. good to end on a good note. So. Yeah. Praise God for that. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Woo! Praise! 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 Yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. don't want to clap into a microphone. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. That might not be the best idea. Um, <laughs> so hey, um, thanks so much for tuning into the show, guys, and uh, thank you guys for getting together with me. Um, and me. And uh, if you wanna, if you wanna support our show, uh, you can do that pretty easily. I'm pretty sure you already know how to give us a 6.9 rating. Uh, or seven point three, whatever you know. Just the give number us... is never the same with you. Yeah, hey, well... hey, I don't care as long as it's something weird. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> give if, us if, max if, score. Give us max score. Uh, or you know, just actually, like I, I looked at how many people have actually reviewed our show, and I realized maybe maybe I, you just got to be more creative about it because we only have I think most of our ratings on the show are us. I could yeah. be wrong. <laughs> what the heck is with that? Uh, it's a little weird, but uh, I have heard from other human, physical, real-world human beings that – sorry, guys – that the there are a lot of um, things they like about the podcast. They really, really like it. Uh, hey, Zachary. Just, yes? I don't use iTunes. Are there any other systems that you've heard that people use or listen through? Uh, Where's, I provide a RSS feed, so right. yeah, and that, and that, that can be really beneficial money. for for Android. I mean, most most Android users that I know that listen to podcasts, I asked this recently because I really didn't know. So yeah. you can just download them to your computer, and then you plug in your Android to your laptop and drag them over on, and it just naturally puts them in your playlist. I use one on my Droid phone called Beyond iPod, and the Theology Gaming Podcast does show up on that list. Nice. So it should show up on everything. It just the iTunes one is the primary one. But I don't know if I can do a review. And if I did a review, would it just be in the Beyond iPod system, do you think? Or does it go to the you, Universal Podcast database? I think you already wrote a review, if I had to guess. No, he wrote yeah. a review on the iTunes store. So it's definitely on the iTunes store. Yeah, it's there. Okay, um, well, did I spell S-U-X correctly or... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, you spelled it correctly. <laughs> oh, wow, just, we have... Yeah, okay, yeah. Th- yeah, there we are. I like it. Wow, we're all surprised. Excellent. It's like, ooh, ooh. Oh, wow. you, we, you got a lot of. We got a lot of episodes. That's yeah. awesome. It just goes yeah. on and on and on and on. Oh, so yeah, give us give us a seven point three rating if you really like us, and uh, we will very much appreciate that. So thanks again for tuning in, guys. Yep. Um, anything you wanted to add? Uh, no. Okay, love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Love you. Bye-bye. <laughs>